Come on. Welcome to Life Blood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Steve Nelson. Steve, are you ready to do this? I am. Excited to have you on, Steve. Steve is a CFA. He is the co-founder and CEO of Capital Insight Partners, our financial planning and global investment management firm. Steve, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, I actually started out um, going to Catholic schools and ended up in ministry for four years and uh, then entered the investment field. I've been a portfolio manager for over 30 years. And more recently, just in February of 2022, we were asked to launch a, a global stock fund for Christians. So this trades on the New York Stock Exchange, and the ticker symbol is P-R-A-Y, Pray. And again, it's global stocks of all different sizes. And given both my investment career, but also my career before entering this field uh, in ministry, it's really fun to get to work on a Christian values stock fund. Yeah, well, I certainly appreciate that. You were going to go into the ministry. That is a that is admirable and and obviously a massive commitment. What was it that 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 caused you to to, for lack of a better term, pivot? I fell in love with the Baptist veterinarians, so that was the end of my uh, Catholic <laughs> Church career. Uh, so, Christy and I have been married for thirty-two years. She's wonderful. I I married up. Uh, but that's what got me looking into the investment field. I, I, I had gotten an MBA during the time I was in ministry and had always been interested in finance. So that's what brought me to the investment world. It all makes sense. 32 years of marriage. Congratulations. Thank you. So, and this, this really cool, and it sounds like value aligned opportunity comes along. To, to create a global stock fund for Christians. When, when that comes across your desk, do, do you just start thinking about new ideas or to, what, 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 what was your, your sort of feeling when, when the opportunity came up? So we had managed money in this fashion of, for about four years. Most of the work we do is for families with $2 million and up. Uh, we're based here in Scottsdale, Arizona, but about four or five years ago, we were approached by an advisor we also work with over in New Mexico, and she asked, she said she had a number of Christian clients and asked if we could enter this field. So we had been in the Christian values investing world for many years, but we were approached by an investment advisor in Dallas to launch an ETF, an exchange-traded fund on the New York Stock Exchange. And the beautiful thing about that is it trades right now uh, around $22, $23 a share. Anybody can buy it if they have you know, 25 bucks, they can buy one share and, and be in the fund. So um, it opened up for us a chance to serve more people than we traditionally can. Nice. And I also imagine I'm, I'm really interested in getting into the the actual ins and outs of the, the the investment approach. How has it been of going through the process of being a publicly traded um, investment? For us, we had to learn a few new things, but we we work with people who are very experienced, and frankly, it was uh, easier than we expected it to be. In the sense that for us, there's just one fund 
that we have to take care of. Normally, we're in our company, we're taking care of all kinds of different families with multiple accounts. They might have trust accounts and IRA accounts and Roth IRA accounts and 529s for the kids' college. This is just one fund. So in that sense, it's a little easier to manage. Got it. Fair enough. So with with Prey, how do you get started when 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 you are starting a, a new fund? What is what is the first step? Well, for us, it's the investment discipline always. I mean, we're the sub-advisor to the fund, so we have to focus on how are we going to manage the money. And one of the unique elements of this is it's a global stock fund, but in the name of the fund, uh, it includes the term risk managed, which obviously, given how the stock market is performing in 2022, is kind of an important topic right now. So we have the ability to raise cash, even though most of the time the fund would be fully invested in stocks. At the moment, we're sitting pretty close to 10% cash at the end of today. Uh, We could be as high as 20%, but we frankly believe the economy is fairly strong right now, despite all of the issues of inflation, the war in Ukraine, et cetera. We still find the underlying economy to be reasonably strong. So we've just focused on buying great companies in those different categories of large, mid-cap, and small-cap. It ended up right now that we're about 70% invested in U.S. stocks and about 30% around the rest of the world. And then, as I say, we also have a big cash component at the moment because the stock market globally has been in decline since we launched in February. Got it. All right. So have the opportunity to, to look all over the world for small companies, mid-sized companies, large companies. Tell us a little bit more about then the faith-based component and how you go about screening would-be companies. Well, we actually begin uh, outside of the faith-based component. We actually begin by looking for great businesses to invest in. Companies that have good cash flow, reasonable valuations, perhaps a dominant market position in their industry, all the normal investment disciplines that we would bring to bear. And we use a lot of technology to screen the universe of stocks around the world. Once we narrow down the list of candidates that would fit our investment criteria, then we overlay a Christian screen. So to give you one example, um, and of course it's in the news a lot right now, Uh, In this fund, we will not own any drug companies that are involved with abortion or embryonic stem cell research. To the Christian community, uh, that's a very important issue. Uh, To many in the Christian community, um, they're very focused on making sure that we have no exposure in that area. And so that would be one example of if we can't own a given pharmaceutical company, but we still need to be in healthcare for diversification and for other reasons, uh, particularly as the population ages, demand for healthcare continues to grow, we have to replace the stock we might have wanted to buy with another one that's equally equally good in our mind. And so it takes more work to run a Christian values portfolio than a purely secular one. But for us, it's a labor of love. It's a real passion. Yeah, I appreciate that. So talk about a labor of love. Talk about a passion. You've been in the world of investment management for 30 30- plus years. And you talk about how technology benefits you through going through the screening process, but it wasn't always that way. 
Correct. Um, in the beginning, it was a lot more manual process. Um, we used to use something called Lotus before Excel spreadsheets came along. Um, there's a lot of math involved when you're trying to determine what the future value of a stream of cash flows will be, which is basically what we're looking for when we buy companies. And can we buy the stock cheaply enough that we'll earn a sufficient rate of return for the level of risk that we're taking on? Appreciate that. So with the 30 international or 30% international companies, what are some of the challenges of screening international company versus domestic companies? Some of the markets we simply can't touch, either because the markets aren't liquid enough or the accounting standards aren't there or the political risk from the government, say, of a given country taking over the business uh, and nationalizing it. Those things preclude us. But in many, many parts of the world, the accounting standards have been coalescing to more U.S. level standards. So it has, over the course of my career, gotten easier to actually compare a US-based company or a Canadian company to companies from other countries uh, on the different continents. So uh, in, 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 I don't know if, if you can share this or not, are there, do, do you own any companies that are, that, that are in China? We don't at the moment, we have one company in Hong Kong, uh, but they're really a company that's been operating in Asia for many, many years. They just happen to be based in Hong Kong. They are an insurance agency. And if you study the consumers of Asia as a group, they are underinsured in terms of life insurance. Life insurance compared to their net worth, that region of the world tends to be underinsured. And as the so many people on the Asian continent are reaching middle class and even affluence, the need for insurance will be greater and greater. So that's one example. But for the most part, um, we're trying to avoid countries and areas that could be particularly problematic. You, as you can imagine, we don't own any stocks in Russia either. Right, right. Yeah, all the things that you laid out from a problem with of liquidity to the accounting standards, just, just being different. Um, and then the, obviously the risk of government intervention or whatever the term might be um, certainly probably does take a lot of opportunities off the table or just makes you consider things differently. Is there a, a, a set number of companies that, 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 that you target to hold? We run what's kind of a, uh, what's called a high conviction portfolio. We manage high conviction portfolios. To us, that means that we're going to own 60 to 80 different stocks in the fund at any given time. Now, many funds would have far more, uh, a far higher number of stocks that they would own. But we like to have a big enough investment in companies we believe in that if they do perform well, they will dramatically help the performance of the fund. That makes sense. And how do you think about or compare and contrast faith-based investing to ESG? Well, the industry looks at faith-based investing as a subset of ESG. In both cases, as a broad comment, what I would tell you is, in my experience anyway, I have found, and I think others have found, that, that 
good companies, companies who are good corporate stewards, they care about their customers or their clients, they care about their employees, the community, the country, the environment. Com companies that do that tend to be better run than companies that are simply in it for the, for the almighty buck. Um, we tend to prefer, because we're true investors, we tend to look over a three to five to even longer year time horizon. We want companies who look beyond the immediate quarter and profit this quarter and are looking out to see what's sustainable and what can be sustainably grown in the business. And that involves caring about things like your employees and your community, as well as just, you know, good operational efficiency in the business. That certainly makes sense. Is there um, a, a age, a company age that you say the company's got to be around for at least a year, two years or no? Well, so far in the fund, uh, we've only bought companies that have been uh, publicly traded for a while. I, that's not to say you, we would never consider a, an IPO. For example, an initial public offering, a brand new company coming to the public markets. But at the moment, there's no need to. And particularly given how the stock market has fallen back this year, uh, there's so many wonderful companies that are, frankly, attractively priced at this point. Yeah. I appreciate that. Would you ever, and, and, or, or just more of a general question, what are your thoughts on, on, on cryptocurrencies? Well, crypto is not something that would be part of the fund or even our separately managed accounts, uh, like I was explaining with the advisor in New Mexico and their clients. We tend not to be involved in speculation, we, which is what I would call crypto investing right now. I think the volatility you're seeing in crypto kind of speaks to that. But we're more uh, a firm that's for people's serious money, their foundational money, money that they prefer not to lose, at least in, in the sense of a permanent impairment of capital. And I think there's still so much flux and um, innovation happening in the crypto world that it's a little hard to pick who the ultimate winners will be. So it's just not an area that we have much expertise in. Yeah, that certainly does make sense. And probably anybody who thought that it wasn't a volatile um, space, just looking at what's happened over the past couple of months. Right. So. Anywho, <laughs> uh, high conviction portfolio. Tell me more about that. So if we have a portfolio that has 2% in a stock, um, that's a lot different than a, than a fund that would have maybe uh, hundreds of stocks, each with a half a percent weighting. Our companies have to perform because if they do, it's great. But if they don't, it will have a, a, a truly negative impact on performance over time. So we want to understand the companies that we own very, very well. That doesn't mean we're perfect. We do make mistakes. But if we understand them really well and we're well diversified by industries and we're thoughtful and careful about how we buy companies on the front end, over time, the performance should be there. Got it. That certainly makes sense. I like it. Well, Steve, people are ready for that difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Well, right now, uh, as we speak here in, in mid-May uh, of 2022, the stock market's had a rough year. And when everyone is getting very concerned and very uh, afraid, that's the time you should start getting more excited, at least if you're a long-term investor. 
we believe that stocks will be higher a year from now than they are now. Um, that may or may not prove to be true, but that's our belief. And we are finding a number of great businesses that frankly, Wall Street has put on sale right now. So we're actually getting more excited uh, about the opportunities that lie before us to make money on the inevitable recovery. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets a con. Steve, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you? Sure. Well, our contact information, my contact information is at cipinvest.com, cipinvest.com. If people want to talk to their financial advisor or do their own research, I'll also refer them to faithinvestorservices.com slash pray. And there they can learn more about the ETF that we were discussing. Excellent. If you enjoyed this much as I did, show Steve your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to cipinvest.com. Check out everything that Steve is working on. Go to faithinvestorservices.com slash pray to learn about the fun that we've been talking about today. Thanks again, Steve. My pleasure. Take care. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.